0: Hello and welcome back to the P.A.L. with Tani G. I'm your host, Tani G. Questions, comments, suggestions are always welcome at MaximumTEE at Yahoo.com. P-A-L-V's treasury. Pal, Season 2, Chapter 2, Paragraph 19. Parag Bet Mishnah Yutet. Rabbi om Omer, Rabbi says, Have a shakud l'mol Torah. Be diligent in the study of Torah. Veda masha atashe l'apikhoris. Know what to answer a heretic. Veda Mi mi'ata. Hold on as we turn the page. Amel, know before whom you toil. V'neeman al malachtacha. And know that your employer can be relied upon to pay you she is that he will pay you the wage of your labor. Always good sayings, always good phrases here in Perkevos in Ethics of the fathers and let's see some comments on what we can learn further from this paragraph. So be diligent in the study of Torah and know what to answer. a heretic. So, according to Rav Rambam, and Meiri, these two clauses together form the first of Rav Elisabeth Arach's three dicta. One must study toward diligently in order to achieve sufficient mastery of it to refute the theories of disbelievers. One who is unable to refute their heretical falsehoods allows the masses to become vulnerable to these distortions. Any ideological victory of the heretics causes a profanation of God's name and honor, Rambam explains that this applies to answering non-Jewish heretics. The Talmud teaches, Sanhedrin thirty-eight, be that debate with a Jewish heretic is futile and even counterproductive, since he has turned his back on his former beliefs. It will be virtually impossible to convince him that his abandonment of Torah was a mistake. Rav Yonah defines a heretic as one who just denies the divine origin of the oral law or who interprets Torah law in an inauthentic fashion. This word comes from hefker, meaning ownerless. A heretic disparages the ideas of Torah as if they had no. Originator alternatively, a heretic who figuratively deems himself ownerless, open prey to the divine retribution which is the lot of one who treats Torah or its scholars disdainfully. You know, there's a famous story in the Talmud of a very famous heretic, someone who went off the dark, someone who went off the path, and that's of Alicia ben Avuya, who's called Acher, other, in the Talmud. He had a very devoted, very close disciple named Rav Meir, and people, the sages would always ask him, Rav Meir, why do you still follow him along? Why do you still go along with him? You know that he's not the proper way, he's not the proper path, and he said it's like a a pomegranate where we discard the peel and we go for the innards, we go for the seeds inside, because there's still all that Torah learning inside, there's still all that knowledge inside that can be gone, the exterior is not good, how he presents himself is not good, but inside there's still so much to learn. There are many stories of how he becomes how he became a heretic, some people say that he saw a young boy who was honoring his father, and mother, sending away the mother bird, which both mitzvahs both commandments guarantee long life, and he saw the kid. Fall and die, which we should never know from such things, and only live a But he found he he went off the path because of that. Other people say that he might have been one of the people in the parties, one of the people that went off the derch because of walking with God. So be it, whatever that means. But regardless of the opinion, he had this disciple who followed him, and all these times he was with him, even when he was walking to the boundary of the Tachum Shabbos, he would tell his disciple of Mary to turn around because this is where. The Tichom Shabbos ended, and Rav Mayer didn't even realize that it was, but he did because he must have been counting the steps, the four thousand steps, which are the, the almost involved, because he knew, because he still had all that knowledge in him, which is just an interesting side note. Constructive heresy. If heresy is so insidious, why does God allow it to flourish? in his ironic style, explained it thus, if not for heresy, wealthy men would refuse to help support the poor. There is a God in heaven; they would declare He will take care of his unfortunate children. therefore, God allows the wealthy to entertain the heretical thought that if they don't provide for the poor, nobody else will. So let's move on to the other statements. Know before whom you toil. Rambam, Rav, and Rav count this as the second statement of Rav Elezer. He warns that debate with heretics can often infect a believer with their poisonous ideas. Therefore, Rav Elezer tells us to remember before whom we stand and not allow the residue of non-belief to adhere to us. Ravion explains, this is also a continuation of the charge to store, study, study Torah diligently. Excuse me, One must be aware that Torah is God's most precious possession, from which he has always, so to speak, derived enjoyment. Man likewise should view Torah study as a pursuit which yields endless pleasure and has an as, and as an exercise in judgment. Hence, he must commit all his energies to Torah study. And we could also explain that one should not be deterred by the effort needed to master the complexities of the Torah study because of the great effort involved. When you consider before whom you toil in Torah, which is Hashem, the effort becomes justified, as Meiri explains. Marriage to the Torah at the bottom. Torah is compared to a woman in terms of the requirement to engage in it with diligence. It is the heritage morasha of the congregation of Yaakov from Devarim. It is homiletically interpreted as Me'urasa, betroth from Psechem. The Torah is the betrothed of God's nation. Similarly, Rashi explains that Eshiz in Proverbs as an allegory for Torah. Just as one must court a woman with persistence if he hopes to marry her, so he must pursue Torah study diligently if he hopes to achieve true understanding of it. Hazonish explains in a letter to a budding young scholar the meaning of diligence. Diligence is not defined strictly by the amount of time one spends in study or by the rigidity of his learning schedule. Instead of Refers to a wholehearted commitment of one's entire personality, the total surrender of one's emotions and will to the in depth study of Torah. When you use such diligence and achieve that, it entails making non negotiable decisions about the purpose of life and subordinating one's baser instincts to his better judgment. It is a path which may initially seem bitter but is eternally sweet. And go to the experts. Or Isaac of Kormonics tells us that the Mishnah may be addressed to the greatest heretic of all, the one that resides in man's heart, always seeking to undermine his faith. And no, you should know that the best answer to the inner heretic is to say, Ma, what am I? The Mishnah tells us to quell our doubts by telling the heretical alter "Ito, I am ne- neither a philosopher nor a student of the esoteric Kabbalah, and I am not even involved in the study of metaphysics. I am nothing more than a simple Jew who wants to believe. Take your doubts someplace else. And know that your employer can be relied upon to pay the wage of your labor. The the efforts expended at Torah study will not be for naught. Yona Emir Rambam, his text adds, and know who your employer is. God, who knows the innermost recesses of our hearts and minds, can ascertain whether any of the noxious fumes of heresy have penetrated our consciousness. Therefore, one must constantly reinforce his faith in God and the cardinal principle of Judaism, especially after encounters with skeptics. So, we have some good advice here and try to make sure that we follow what we can. And all the advice here in Pick Office is phenomenal. So join us next time as we talk about the day is short and the task is abundant, how there's so little time but yet so much to do, how we have to use every minute as much as we can here on the PAL Tani G. And I'm your host, Tani G.